What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a show where we gather around this podcast table in your ears and talk about some Dungeons and Dragons. Each week, we or a listener like you writing into difficultyclass at gmail.com come up with a topic, question, encounter, or anything else somehow related to RPGs, and we have some fun talking about them. I'm your host, Trevor Bettis, and with me this week is... Aaron M. Evans. That's right. Hey, Aaron, you're here on another <laughs> show. I'm just going to follow you around. <laughs> it was funny. I actually told somebody in my house, I'm like, who you do the podcast with? Oh, with, with Aaron. And they're like, oh my God, that's so awesome. She's going to be on your show. And I'm like, yeah. Like, I love it. We work together. Like, it's fun. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, uh, you know, so, some difficulty class listeners may not, you know, have taken the hint when I told them to go listen to Champions of Lore every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Twitch.tv slash any games. Who are you if they don't know? <laughs> well, I'm one of the hosts of Champions of Lore, oh, <laughs> along with you and B.A. Walters. Uh, I'm also I'm a fantasy writer. I am best known for the Forgotten Realms series, the Brimstone Angel Saga. Mm, yes, yes, and you, you have a few, you have a few other things that we will, we'll probably talk about later, later on the yeah. show at certain points. Who knows? Maybe, huh? Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe. <laughs> Those are probably the, probably the uh, the two most likely places. I guess, I guess it's fair to say I also play an actual play show with a bunch of other writers called Dungeon Scrawlers. Yeah, and I'm and I'm I'm watching it. I've just decided to just jump <laughs> in at season two. This is why this is why actual plays should do seasons because I'm like I can just jump in. It'll right? be fine. <laughs> I think of it too, sort of like. Um, like when you have a, like an ongoing novel series, like it's helpful at points to have like, okay, we're going to set this in a way that you can jump in. Yes. Right? And we're going to recap what needs recapping. And then you don't have to worry about the rest of it. But hopefully you're interested enough. You want to go back and read the other books. Mm-hmm. Um, or in this case, go back and watch the other shows. Although there's a lot of them at this point. So... <laughs> Like there are, there are some like I, we're totally getting off topic. Which is, I mean, if you watch Champion Lore, you know that's uh, that's yeah, our part of the course. Tangents all the way down. That's my brand. I do wish that like sometimes like with those really long no- like novel series like Dresden Files or something, mm. occasionally they're like, "This is a montage book. Just pick <laughs> this book up. It catches you up on the last fifteen. You can just go from here." There you go. There you <laughs> but go. I know they want me to buy them. <laughs> I get it. Um. But yeah, uh, so I, you know, I kind of start these guest episodes, uh, as listeners know, asking how you got into D anD D or tabletop RPGs. <laughs> how, how how did you go? About- oh God, you're laughing. Oh no, um, I, no. I think it's, I think it's a little funny because it kind of came about this like ass backwards. Um, okay, <laughs> I was 23 the first time I played D anD D. And a friend of mine and my husband's, one of my husband's coworkers, was like, hey, do you guys want to get together with us? These are other coworkers and friends. Um, and we're going to play D&D, like old times. And uh, Kevin and I were both like, we've actually never played D&D. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was, that game, that game was something else. <laughs> in a lot of ways. I, I, I don't know that it fits in this podcast, but I have a, a ridiculous story about how my husband played D&D the, the one time he played. Um, oh, I'm I'm here for it. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, like I always, I was always really into fantasy. I was really like, I was a voracious reader. Um, I was the kid sitting in the back of the room drawing pictures of like dragons and like <laughs> strange warrior princesses and things. And I Hell had yeah. notebooks full of terrible fantasy novels. Uh, <laughs> but I never played D anD D, and so I. So I was into the writing part first. So that game, there was one session of that game, and then it never happened again because it was nine professional adults. Like, it was way too big. Like, nobody wanted to – everybody wanted to do this. There was – the party was just ridiculously huge, and then nobody could get their schedules to line up again. So that was my one experience. Um, But uh, the the sort of – the interlude story of this was that – so my husband is not super into fantasy. He's definitely more into science fiction. Um, he was, he's read some fantasy. He's definitely more into like this, the sort of more science fictiony weird stuff. Um, mm. the fantasy that is more science fictiony and weird. Um, and he, but he was like, okay, I'll play. And, and he, and this is one of the things too, that I've found, and this is sort of a, I'm going to jump ahead and, and pull it back. We're going to Tarantino but, this. Yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I have found getting into D and D is because I did not develop my concept of the way this kind of story is structured around playing this game, there are lots of elements that like they, my brain doesn't, it doesn't fit into my brain that way. Um, And so just occasionally I'll bump against something like, 
I may have had in the last episode of Dungeons Crawlers, I may have had a little bit of an argument with the DM about why I think giving disadvantage to ranged spells in melee is a really stupid role. I was so there for that. <laughs> I was watching it just that, made and, me so mad. and I was, I was, because, because, like you know, I got ADHD. I got to do two things at once. So I'm listening <laughs> to that, and I'm doing so. And you said that, and I looked up and went, "Yes." <laughs> well, the thing is, like, if you really dig down, like, there's some legacy to this, where like the original concept of the caster is this fancy and model where there you have this very fragile caster who has to concentrate and do yep. these big movements with their hands that are really obvious, and that provokes an opportunity attack. So, like, this model is like baked into it. Sort of. So I can see why maybe they kept it as a nod to this understanding of what a caster is like. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't start with that, it makes no sense. And it's really frustrating. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he it, has like none of that. Mm-hmm. So we go and like we're building characters and the DMs like I, I was like, I want to be a neutral evil sorceress. That can't be hard, right? <laughs> I was yes. like, I wanted her to be selfish and, and I thought it would be interesting. Um, I remember I had a monkey too. But that's that's the extent of what I remember. Uh, 18 Charisma and a Monkey. And he was like... That should I want- be a show name. That should be a freaky podcast show name. 18 Charisma, 18 Charisma and a Monkey. monkey. <laughs> All right, you figure out what it's about. All right, I'll <laughs> work on it. I'll work on it. Um, so he, like... He's very like he's a video game player, and so he also really likes sandbox worlds where he just kind of like you just see what happens. What mm-hmm. happens if I kick this? What happens if I shoot this? What happens if yeah. I go behind this door? So it started out where he was like, "I want to have invented a bicycle," <laughs> and the DM's like, "That's not that's not an option here." He's like, "Maybe you're a blacksmith, but you're a fighter. That's what's important. You're a fighter." And he's like, "Fine." Um, and so once we got into movement, we're walking along this road, the DM describes this like swamp on one side of us. Um, and my husband looks at his sheet, it's 3.5. And he's like, I have climb. I want to climb a tree. He's like, why are you climbing a tree? He's like, I just want to see if I can climb a tree. So he's like, fine, you climb a tree, look around, there's a lot of swamp, but come back down. We walk a little farther and he's building up to something. And Kevin's like, I have jump. I want to jump in the swamp. (laughs) (laughs) And the DM's like, you don't, why? No, you're not jumping in the swamp. So he goes a little faster now. Okay, this lizard folk are coming out of the swamp, right? And Kevin goes, I have ride. I want to ride the lizard man. (laughs) And I swear to God, the DM like just turned bright red and this was another thing where like later on like we're still good friends with him um and and later on he said to me like i feel bad about that because what i should have done is say go for it all right go for it see what happens mm-hmm. if you try to ride the lizard man but he really thought kevin was just winding him up because oh. he had this understanding of what these things meant and kevin didn't and he thought yeah. kevin was making fun of the whole thing and though kevin was just like i want to see what happens if i poke stuff <laughs> like this was a player like a player dm mismatch yep. kind of Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was my first D my first D and D game. Um I, and actually so I and that was the last for a long time. Um, but I was we when we moved out to Seattle, I uh I had a day job and then I had taken a, an internship that was basically like I, I worked unpaid for a small press, mm-hmm. um, which was a wonderful experience. Um and I did it because I love books and I love publishing. Um well I don't <laughs> publishing's hard to love, but I love it anyway. Um <laughs> And I learned a lot and it was really, really wonderful experience, um, but it didn't pay. And my day job was just absolutely grinding me down. So I was looking for something else. And Wizards of the Coast had an opening for an editorial assistant. And I was like, hey, I have a little experience. I might as well try. Um, mm-hmm. And I wound up getting that job. Um, they actually hired me as an assistant editor. I, uh, By the time I left, I was the line editor for the Eberron novels. And uh, I was a secondary editor for Forgotten Realms because that was such a big um, yeah. property. So there's several people working on it. Um, and then a couple other little things here and there because because I grabbed everything I could. <laughs> <laughs> Which was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, so I came into it with very little knowledge of D&D, but a lot of knowledge of books yeah. and about world building and how to sort of research that kind of stuff. But while I worked there, uh, then I started playing more regularly. Um, I played in a 3.5 game set in Eberron. Um, and then later we played in a fourth edition game that was, uh, I think it was Forgotten Realms. It was kind of squishy Forgotten Realms, maybe. Um, <laughs> that was the game that sort of was was proto Farida. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because yeah, you, you had said, you've said on the show that, like, <clears throat> that you had uh, Frida as a 
as a character first. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, yeah. sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she changed like you changed up yeah, stuff like a her. lot, like a lot. Yeah. Lot. So that, but that's interesting. So you you started writing and whatnot for for D and D before really getting into like a campaign. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I didn't start writing novels for Forgotten Realms until pretty much right before I was laid off. Um, so I was playing before I was like writing. Um, but I still remember sitting down in that fourth edition game with like my notebook in front of me and writing parts of the Godcatcher when it wasn't my turn. Oh um, wow! Yeah. So <laughs> and so that was yeah. And I think that was one thing that made me actually the fact that I didn't really know this stuff really well made me a better editor because it made me like there wasn't sometimes I would have the experience of working with with some with someone who wanted to like, write a book and they'd be like, like, I have to have this thing. And I'm like, well, do you do you? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other piece being like, I didn't know enough to just say, oh, it's probably fine. Like I looked everything up. I was very careful with that. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, that I didn't, I didn't have any kind of like, I'm pretty sure I know kind of thing to fall back on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so, so how, how did that come about? Cause you said that you got the job as, uh, as an editor for it. So how did it go about of you getting, of them be like, Hey, write a book. Cause I don't yeah. know how that stuff, I don't, I, I know the writing book part sort of, <laughs> I don't know that stuff. <laughs> um, I was just really fortunate. Uh, so I, we had as editor, the editor, novels editing team um, kind of said, hey, maybe we should have like a writing group or something. Um, and me and two of the other ladies were like, that sounds cool. But also I kind of want to like just swap stuff with somebody. Um, like my boss, Phil Athens was like, he's a wonderful person. He's a great guy. I was really afraid he was going to tear apart my stuff. <laughs> so I was like, can we just swap? Um, so we had done that. Um, and one of those people was Susan J. Morris, who, uh, was the, so she, she was Phil's second and later she became the the main Forgotten Realms editor. Um, and she had what's called a limited call. So she had a series that she was, um, getting authors for called Ed Greenwood Presents Waterdeep. Um, and Mm. she, what you need to do in a limited call is basically you have three books, let's say that you need authors for. And so you want to ask like five six seven authors for pitches so what would you write um and you want it to be more than what you need you can't just ask three people because then whatever they give you you got to take it um (laughs) and that doesn't always work out well um sometimes people are not a good fit for a slot Mm -hmm. sometimes you know it's someone you haven't worked with and you're like oh you actually don't know how to end a book um (laughs) or something like that right i mean one thing is the dnd is very it attracts a lot of people who love storytelling um, and and want to tell stories, but don't necessarily understand the difference between the story for the game and the story for a novel. Like they're mm-hmm. very different beasts. Yeah. Um, and so she had a limited call, and she didn't have enough people. Um, so she came to me and she said, "Do you want to try out for a Forgotten Realms novel?" And I was like, "I don't know, sure." Um, so I wrote a sample scene, and I wrote up like uh, I wrote like a a synopsis. Uh, basically like here's what would happen um Mm -hmm. i actually remember i turned it into her and i was like i don't know how this ends and she's like you need to make up something just (laughs) tell me a way it could end um which is honestly one of the best pieces of advice i've ever gotten because before this i was not any kind of an outliner um because i think there is a lot that changes while you're writing a thing but she Mm -hmm. was like i don't care if this is actually the ending but tell me you know what an ending could be for this uh and i was like that's a really good point um so I, I I redid the <laughs> I redid the synopsis, um, and then yeah. So it turned out that Ed Greenwood and her really liked my pitch. They I think because I worked there, they made her do another round though. So it wasn't very helpful because they're like, well, you know each other, so let's make sure. And she's like, oh my god, are you kidding? Uh, so I didn't really save her any work, but uh, that was how I got my first book. That's kind awesome. of a little mix of being in the right place at the right time and then having the skills to back it up. I love it. I love it. So, um, what what's great is, um, I remember seeing wh- which one was it that you did for the Sundering, the adversary, the adversary. I remember being at Barnes and Noble, my local Barnes and Noble, and seeing that book up there and seeing this tiefling sorcerer uh, up there. I'm just like, that's cool <laughs> shit. And I grabbed the book and bought it. Oh wow! And yeah, and I I. Uh, and what's but what the thing was is that I was like I I was reading it and I didn't not only did I not realize because 
okay, sometimes Trevor's not smart. Um, <laughs> not only did I not realize that that was part of an ongoing series with Frida, but also an ongoing Sundering series as well. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And ADHD brain went away. <laughs> but uh, but I've since picked them up and, and I'm, I'm slowly getting through them. Um, but uh, but how, how did you how did you come up with Frida? Like what? Because, you know, she's an idol champion now. So is Hal Havilar and whatnot. But how what, what was it that was like, this is the character that I want to write in D&D? So that started out because uh, there was another book that we were having trouble filling, which was we were doing a series. Originally, we were doing a series called The Plain Touched. And so mm. that was uh, going to be characters from races that are connected to one of the planes. Um, mm. That was then afterwards broken apart. So it was actually four standalones that were meant to potentially start longer series um, which I think ended up being uh, Dawn Touched by Samantha Henderson. And, um, oh, uh, Christopher Rowe wrote a Genasi book that I can't remember the name of. Oh, I vaguely remember that. What a really cool cool cover. Yeah, that's what I was, I was <laughs> like. I can, bake, I, I can see the cover in my head. <laughs> and then Brimstone Angels. I can't remember what the other one was. Oh, it was Jalee Jones. Uh, Jill, uh, sorry, Jalee Johnson. Suddenly I'm like, that's not her name, but that's her name. Um <laughs> Uh, wrote Unbroken Chain, which is genuinely one of my favorite Forgotten Realms novels about the Shatterkai. Um, oh, I haven't. I don't know. I know about that. I love yeah, Shatterkai. I two, <laughs> she did two books: Unbroken Chain, and then the other one is, um, is it's sort of like Brimstone Angels has it. Brimstone Angels Lesser Evils is the second book because the idea was going to be that these are ongoing series, and it's the title with a colon and then the subtitle. Mm. Um, Darker Road. That's it. Which is okay. That was one of the. That was one of the cleanest books I ever edited. Like she turned it in and I was like, I think it can pump this scene up, but kind of like, I might be done. Um, <laughs> which was weird. But anyway, yeah. So, okay. So we had these four books um, and the tiefling one was tricky because we wanted to find a story that was, that was, you know, about tieflings, but it wasn't really like obvious things about tieflings. And so a lot of times people, a lot of the people who tried out for it were either really leaning hard into the expected stuff or they were just leaning completely away from it and not even touching it. Um, and then several of them dropped out. And we're just like, I can't do this. We just didn't have enough. Um, so while we're doing this, I'm like thinking about the game we're playing in and we have tiefling characters and I'm like, okay, but I could put a really cool story together. So I actually like pulled her in a room <laughs> and I pitched her this story um, that I had been thinking about. And she's like, that's awesome. Like, let's do that. Uh, which was wonderful. And then they decided they were not going to be uh, a set of four standalones. They needed to start series. And the problem I had was that the book I pitched, Farida was going to die at the end. Oh, whoa. <laughs> she was older. Um, it was a kind of a, a tragic romance thing. Um, oh my God. And it wasn't her patron. That was the tragic romance. He was just like some bossy devil. He was a bearded, a barbed devil, I think. Um, I love bossy devil. Yeah. He, <laughs> was just like, he was just like in her face all the time. And she was just a different person. And so when that came down, I was like, okay, then I would like to wind this back. I would like to start this like right after she takes the pact. Um, and so in thinking about it, like I wanted somebody who makes this deal, not because they're up for power, but because they want, like, they want things they can't have. They can't make happen. They can't see how they can make them happen on our, their own. Mm -hmm. Um, so Brimstone Angel starts out with Farida meeting Lorcan, uh, Cambion, um, that Havilar has summoned and he convinces her to say yes to the pact. And on you know, kind of on its face, it's because he's really hot. He's really hot, and it's really hard to, like, think straight. But he's also telling her, like, your life's awful. You can't fix that. And worse, your sister is just absolutely the worst person to be living in this tiny town full of judgmental people. She is going to get herself killed, and there is nothing you can do about that. But if you take this power... I will make sure you are too strong for that to happen. Mm -hmm. um, and so she's he it's someone who's really so scared of their future that they 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 kind of jump at this chance. But then like within the story, like so this is kind of the thing like she has this 
this choice. She's kind of presented with this choice and she chooses the easy answer. And then the course of the series is really her kind of facing that, um, facing up with choices and then choosing kind of the hard choice. Like I'm going to do the right thing. That Mm. would be easier to walk away. It would be easier to sort of disengage from this. I can't. Um, Mm -hmm. And I liked that because I think uh, there's, I love the warlock for story. I think there's a lot of stories you can tell. Um, I, I I don't know if you've uh if you played Baldur the Baldur's Gate three stuff that's out yet, but there yet. there there is a part where like you you come face to face with a Cambion mm-hmm. and like not, oh, nothing think... <laughs> nothing super bad happens out of it. Yeah, but like uh like a scene or two later, the the warlock who is in the party is like, hey, that was a that was a Cambion. Like, you know, don't 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 make a pact with him. Uh, you know, because you know, like. That's like, he's supposed to be playing like you don't know he's a warlock, but he's totally a warlock. And, um, <laughs> and I'm like, they didn't have a selection that I want because I want to be like, did you see that man? <laughs> Hell yeah, I would have made a pact with him. Look at that man. <laughs> he's very good at what he does. Yeah, yeah, actually, I remember that because I had a bunch of people send me pictures of it and go, is that oh, really? Logan? <laughs> I, like, I so, but I don't know. That's so funny that I had the reverse of that where you said that and I pictured that cambion. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's good stuff. But no, I, I I like that that um that you had the original plan for Frida with a novel and because I, I feel like a lot of authors might have just been, okay, I'll just change the ending so she doesn't die at the end mm-hmm. and just keep it going. But I like the fact that you're like, no, let's walk this back. Let, let's, let's see what could happen in her past. Yeah, because I think another thing is like thinking about, I mean, this is veering off of talking about D&D. Maybe it isn't. Maybe we can hey, make this it's, a D&D It's thing. about a D&D book. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this kind of confused about a game, too, because, like, there's, you know, you think about arcs, sort of, like, mm-hmm. how, what you, what, what your character comes face-to-face with, how they approach it, what happens after, and where they land. Um, and the shape of that sort of thing is different depending on what kind of medium you're working in, right? A short mm-hmm. story is a different shape than a novel, is a different shape than a screenplay, um, and I would also say a series of novels is a very different shape. That yeah. if you try to drag a character through multiple books with an arc that can that that's sort of like they can fix this problem, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, but they have to keep going. You either have to think of a bigger problem, or Dragon Ball Z effect. <laughs> <laughs> Or you just kind of pretend it wasn't solved, which is a different Mm -hmm. problem. Um, And so one thing that I liked about being able to pull it back, like being 17 is a different experience than being 27. Yeah. And um, being sort of 17 and having, because this is, there's sort of multiple layers to this, right? This is a story about, I always say, I always joke about like when people ask me what my books are about, it's like the Brimstone Angels series saga is about uh, the, the, what happens when your family becomes your family of origin? When you become an adult and you start to separate and and how those relationships change and how they reform. Because so much of this is about Farida and her sister um, and their father, their adopted father, going through all of this. And also it's about fighting devils. <laughs> also, you know. Every one of those books has a purely like... You could take this out and drop this into your campaign, right? We're looking for this lost Netherese library. Oh no, there's a monster in it. You know, we're looking, we're 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 fighting with this. The Netherese are in two books, and that's that's where I jumped. Right. Or like like Brimstone Angels ties into Neverwinter, um, yeah. the the online game. Um, and so there are characters from Brimstone Angels that went into that. Um, and so there's like you're dealing with um a succubus that gets kind of overtaken by the abolithic sovereignty and there's like this the the ashmedai cultists and and so there's all these like enemies you could totally pull out and pop into your game mm-hmm. no problem my co-host um, ali has literally done that with that game <laughs> yeah like like there's these are still D novels but at the same time you are dealing with people sort of going through this slow process of growth and change um, that that makes that series arc work. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like if you started with somebody who's mostly figured themselves out and then been thrown this curveball of like, because that was going to be sort of, there's a D&D problem, but also she meets this uh, paladin guy 
who's going to help her with it, but they hate each other, but they love each other. Um, and, which, you know, that happens in the series anyway. But yeah, the, yeah. Uh, but that the, um, you know, once you sort out that relationship problem, like, it's done. Mm-hmm. You can just, like, kind of keep dragging it out, but that internal issue is no longer central. Yeah. So this bigger one can spin off other issues, and then you can always put it, you put a new fun adventure thing on top of it. Um, and I think that works much better as a series. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break for our champions loot section, which, you know, hey, we, we're champions of lore. We're two of them here. And <laughs> we, we've had, we had B-Dave on. I, what, one of these days, the, the next time if Allie ever has to take a break in, I'm just going to get you and B-Dave to <laughs> come on at the same time. We're going to do a bonus episode <laughs> of champions of lore as a difficulty class. Um, but uh, <laughs> this week's code for idle champions is this week's code is C-A-N-N. R-I-N-G B-I-R-D Put that code into Idle Champions on any of the numerous platforms it's available on and get some free loot on us. And now, back to Trevor, who I'm not disappointed with. I just wish he had tried. Thanks, future Trevor, who's still disappointed I didn't set him up for a joke. Uh, This week's DC Spotlight is Dungeon Scrawlers. Aaron, tell us about Dungeon Scrawlers. So Dungeon Scrawlers is an actual play show um, which features... uh, a bunch of writers playing D&D in the Forgotten <laughs> Realms. Um, it's it's great fun. Uh, I'm on it. I play Cecilia, who is definitely, definitely not a warlock. Absolutely um, not. <laughs> who told you that? Filthy lie. Uh, <laughs> Did Steve tell you that? <laughs> Sorry, I had to get a Flight of the Concords joke. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I love is that our rogue, our arcane trickster is named Sturge. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I like, love Sturge. Sturge tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to try to work that in. Um, so what I would say, like, watch it if you love. So uh, we're all writers. Um, so we are all very inclined to do. It's kind of like the book thing, right? We, or the, the Prince and Angels thing, where it's like D&D shenanigans. But then also there's, I think everybody has kind of got a, a, a long character arc mm-hmm. guide. So you get to watch these characters sort of grow and change and their relationships grow and change. And I like that in my D&D oh, game yeah. personally. Like, well, um, the, the last episode, like Sturge was like given magic items to people and everyone's like, who are you? Like so much so like, <laughs> I'm going to make sure you're not a doppelganger. And he was just sort of just like, no, nah, I just, you know, I, I care about y'all. And I'm just like, oh my, like, I know I haven't watched the whole thing, but like, I can sense that this is development. That's oh awesome. God, it's huge. He's the character who's, so that's Stephen Merlino, um, who wrote the uh, Jack of Souls series. And he, uh, his character is just cons everything. He wants all the magic items and he like sleeps with them because he says he makes him bond with them. Like he cuddles <laughs> with them. Um, so the idea that Sturge is handing out magic items, Cecilia thinks everybody's probably, we had, we've had some doppelganger run-ins. She's earned her paranoia. Um, <laughs> We had a, it was a, we did a whole episode where for April Fools we all swapped characters and then it turned mm. out we were all doppelgangers. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> it was wonderful shenanigans. Um, Yang 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 Wang is our is our bard who's also our tank because his strength is his strength. <laughs> um, he played Cecilia and it was bananas i loved it um but anyway side total sidebar yeah so we're all like are you suicidal is that what's happening (laughs) um so yeah so so i joke it's dungeons and dragons and drama that there's there's a lot of like interpersonal relationship stuff although right now we are infiltrating a uh thieves gang yeah a little bit of a dungeon crawl yeah uh So there's still that in it, too. Um, it's on Wednesdays at 6.30 Pacific on twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers. Ooh, the other thing, if you like Forgotten Realms and you like Forgotten Realms lore, um, there is a hefty mm. dose of that because our DM is Eric scott to be, who is also a Forgotten Realms writer, and we are playing in the city. He set um, some of his books, uh, Westgate. Oh, I didn't realize that's why it was set there. That's yeah. so cool. He's done some, um, some development, too. I don't know if he did write up Sunwestgate, but he was the the um the Neverwinter campaign setting. He was one of the writers for that. Oh, I love that book. Oh my god, I love that book. Sorry. Yeah, I've gushed on. about that book on this show before. <laughs> <laughs> you should get Eric to come do this too. You probably have Oh yeah, blast. that'd be great. Um Oh, but uh, uh the the Lord stuff, uh yes. you guys have backstories on your Discord. That's true. We have a Discord. Um 
which I like, I mentioned, and then I'm like, I don't know how to point people like that. Yeah, no, I like, that's the thing. Like so people are like, why have you made a difficulty class? Or uh, describe? I'm like, I don't know how to get people there. Like right. I, I, I do this with my friends. Like, uh, every time we post it on Twitter, we get a couple of people joining. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. there's, there's things that we had a website for uh, dungeonscrawlers.com, which has some sub- supplementary material, but then as a treat for our discord, uh, fans uh we have a uh, a special channel that's just short fiction that we mm-hmm. produce that's connected to the game um so i got too full of my own backstory <laughs> i was like i don't <laughs> know how to get this out so i just started writing uh serialized fiction uh about cecilia because i said uh, she's from rashomon which is one of my favorite favorite areas in forgotten realms that i never got to write about um nice because it's i don't know it's really cool um, yeah. So it's 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 realms adjacent because you know we don't own the IP so it is yeah. a little bit shifted. But. I love that realms adjacent. I really like <laughs> Thank that Thank you. One. I came That's up really with good. that. That's really good. It's technically canon. You want to put the serial numbers back in and put it in your game for some reason? That's fine. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all laid out there, you know, just at your convenience. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, file I, uh, off farther I, I, be like this is Cormier now <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do highly recommend the discord channel I am in there and occasionally I uh, get to talk with people while I'm editing champions of lore <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice uh, it is it is it's it is a it's one of my it's literally the only discord channel I am majorly active in oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I am in so many of them and I feel so bad because I don't I'm so far behind on all conversations and everything I'm like I don't know I'm I, I, I can't can't do it um but yeah definitely go check out dungeon scholars uh if you can't catch it live they you oh. all do have a youtube channel yes we have a youtube yeah. channel um all of these things actually it just occurred to me are linked on our website dungeonscrawlers.com so yeah you if you go. want to join the discord if you want to check out the youtube channel uh if you want to check out our twitch I will warn things. you, there there are two videos. One of them is the game, and one of them is the conversation before the game. And yes. I may have watched the entirety of that second one, not realizing that uh, they weren't getting <laughs> to the game anytime soon. That's true. <laughs> at starting at 6, we do a hangout and just yeah. chat with people about what's going on in the game and lore. And just, like, I mean, I'd honestly, like, sometimes it's just... Like, last week, we talked about if, about if you duplicated the Tarask yep. and you... Because one of so Randy Henderson, who wrote uh, the Fin Fancy series, uh, what is uh, with a fantastic character voice? He's just the best. His accent is. People are like, is he Scottish? Like, I legitimately nope. thought he was at first, and then right? like he started talking normal. I'm like, what oh, is this? So I, I love the fact too. He had a, a secondary character briefly, Dieter, who has a German accent. He does that one just as he's very good at accents. <laughs> um, but his character is a dwarf cleric of the goddess uh, Sherindlar, who is in his particular sect particularly concerned with um, making babies. She's got some like love in the hearth. Um, but but his particular group of dwarves was wiped out in the spell plague. So they're trying to get their numbers back up. It's important. Uh. Um, it, which is actually a source of great consternation for Rogar, since Rogar doesn't like the ladies. Um, mm. But he, so he was like, I think that could be like Rogar's epic level quest is to like find the Tarask love. Like, could we duplicate this Tarask? I'm like, but a Tarask doesn't know how to mate, so wouldn't it just try to murder any Tarask it saw? Well, that was the other thing. It was like, could you make a Tarask in an astral dreadnought fall in love if you really, really wanted to? <laughs> I, I, like, I do. I, I remember all this hate now. Each other. I remember this conversation because at one point you were like, well, if Orcus could be in love with the Raven That's right. Queen. <laughs> I was like, well, you know just what? Just get the Tarask a boombox. That's all you gotta do. <laughs> And if you don't get that joke, listeners, go listen to there Champions of Lore, available on your favorite podcast service. But yes, if you show up on uh, Twitch.tv slash Dungeon Scrawlers at six, that's the kind of nonsense you'll get. You'll also you get an, another Idle Champions code, so if we can bribe you into it, we will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so the, the second topic, or the, you know, the other topic second part of the show there we go words um we thought it would be fun to talk about uh something that kind of hinted at in the first part which is your uh, a fiction character versus a dnd character and and specifically a player character because npcs yeah. it's a whole different whole, it's a whole different thing different thing so and we and we kind of hinted about this conversation on champions of lore but like what is to you the big difference between a fiction main character and a player character I think the biggest difference is, and and I'm thinking about like in a novel or a short story, mm-hmm. because those are the mediums I know to write in. Yeah. This is not the same in like a screenplay or something like that. So um, the biggest difference is headspace 
if you were writing a novel, you are going to talk about what your character is thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're playing a character in D&D, you're going to talk about, you might talk about your character's thinking, but it's going to be fairly brief. Like you're not going to really delve into it in the same kind of language. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you don't get that sort of immersion. And so I've said before that like, I, I am daunted by playing Farida as she is in the novels yeah. as a, as a PC. Whereas I like given the option, I pick Havilar um, because Farida is the main character of the series and always has been. Um, her personality is so largely enveloped in that headspace. Like she is somebody who thinks probably too much. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so then she will make some decisions that she has logicked herself into, which may be the wrong ones. But if you don't have that logic chain from her perspective, it might seem completely bonkers. Um, and so I wonder if I played her as a PC, if I would be able to sort of encompass that combination of like overthinking and rashness mm-hmm. um, that she sometimes gets. Um, or if she would just kind of turn into like a clucking hen, like, oh, no, no, no. Um, because you have to convert that into sort of action. Yeah. Havilar, in the novel series Havilar, there is a lot of depth to Havilar that slowly comes out. But particularly early, she is a little simpler and she's easier to sort of distill down into these core traits that you can express in, you know, dialogue and action, which are the main ways you're going to express things at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, The... And so the things that come out, like you can, you can certainly like switch between the two, but like the things you need for each are different. Like you need to be able to show your character based on what they do and what they say in a and d game. Um, and that if you can pick things that are sort of concentrated, that's generally better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally, like more, so, I think it's not untrue in a novel, but I think in a and d game, the stuff you have is more indicative of your character. Um, and I think that's a little... It's You still do that in novels. I shouldn't say you don't. But I think yeah. it is because it's more like, oh, well, I have this magic item. And the mm-hmm. people you're playing with know more about what that means. Yeah. Than with a novel, like, there can be things that are like, I have this item, but usually you have to couch it in what's going on in the world and why does this matter. Um, and so it's it's not always... It's not always the same kind of touchstone. I, I would say that's just turned down a little on the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like for Havilar, I play her in Idol Champions Presents, which you which should I'm, absolutely be watching. I also <laughs> forgot to say that, and B Day is going to be so mad at me. No, no, I don't worry. I was planning on plugging it during this part hey, because hey. of this conversation. Uh, so I play Havilar in Idol Champions Presents, um, the next section of which starts on Monday. Um, and I would say, like, the thing with Havilar is she's she's a little. She at at first glance she's a little dumb. Um, I love Havilar so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just love her so much. I think she elicits like one of two strong reactions: people either love her or they want to whack her over the head. Um, <laughs> she's she's a so she's she's not the smartest. Um, she really likes fighting things because what she's really good at is her glaive. Mm-hmm. Um, She's really good at fighting with a glaive. And then she has a giant hellhound. Spoiler, sorry, that comes late in the novels. Um, and some imps. And having the hellhound and the imps is sort of like part of her character mm-hmm. in the D&D game. Um, and I would say like in the novel, the having of the thing doesn't do much. It's the relationships that yeah. she builds with the things that matter more. Yeah. In the game, like Zuni and the imps in particular, the imps like show up and they leave. There's like mm-hmm. a little banter and they're gone. But but. In the novels, like the way she kind of talks to them and deals with them, even though they're they're not there for a long time either, like that's the more important part. Um, and the same kind of thing, like in the game, in Idol Champions, Havilar has these imps. Um, she has uh, four different imps that you can summon. Um, in the novels, she ha- only has two at a time, and mm-hmm. one of them at the, by the end of the book, one of them always dies. I love um, that you made a Kenny. I just I love it. I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, and, and it's in different ways and to different degrees. But so that the the way that she reacts to each one of them is changed because they're the replacement of the previous one. Mm-hmm. And that the way that progression happens and like what it implies and what it means is important. And over here, it's a funny thing she does, right? It's mm-hmm. the moment. It's not the progression. And I think that's the other thing is that like, like, I don't, 
this is where it starts to get fuzzy, right? Because you can play D and D in, and it's just moment, 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 moment. Yeah. Um, or you can play D and D, and and it's the long, long thread and the arc, and and like the two games I'm in are sort of these two different things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, obviously, I think D and D is much more like discovery drafting because it's going, yes. if there's chaos in it, yes. it's going to keep changing. Um, well, but- that that that's that's actually what I was going to bring up because mm-hmm. I did this mistake. Which mistake? I played a game where I played my main character from the book that I've been wanting that I've been writing for yeah. ten years, and it went terrible. <laughs> How did it go terribly? I'm so curious. So, so the like like you were saying, like playing playing at the table and whatnot is kind of discovery writing. Mm-hmm. Where you can go like, oh, okay, I see how this is going for the game and the game story and stuff. So I can kind of get this character to divert that way. Uh, and, and t- unless it's like some really other stuff. And then it, 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 it's, it you know, like, no, that's not what my character would do. Right. You know, the famous line, that's not what my character would do. <laughs> Sometimes but like, it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, the thing is, though, is that like when I was right, when I was playing this character that I had been writing at that point for yeah, six years or something like that. It wasn't just like, oh, that's not what my character would do. It was like, no, like this isn't him. Mm-hmm. I know him. This is not him. Mm-hmm. And it was it was probably about oh, it was the second session where I went, oh shit, I shouldn't have played this. <laughs> I shouldn't have played this. Because I knew so much of like this is how he is. This is where he this is where he lives. This is how he gets to places. This is how he does stuff. This is how he does this. He kind of uh, is the leadership role for his group and everything like that. And I found that I kept trying to play him like that. And I'm like, mm. I'm being a spotlighting douche right now. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I hate the like yeah. I, I was legitimately hating it. And then something came up in the game and I went, so V has to leave. Um, this is not going to work. I, I have to, I have to change characters. Uh, this, this would not work at all. This would suddenly become like a major plot line in the book that he would be fighting against. And I just got to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Cause it, 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 I know, like, don't get me wrong. I know my PCs that I have. Like, I know, I know Char, who is kind of a toned down version of my main character <laughs> and a fighter. Um, but like, I, I have them kind of more. I get you know, like loosey goosey. Like, I don't know what other yeah. way to play it. Where it's just like, I can, I can slot this character into any D and D role playing story and have them go with it. But yeah. if I took that character and put it in, it's. It's because like I'm I'm literally writing like you said like that that train of thought mm-hmm. that I I know what he thinks I know how he would do things and it, it it is very much in that like main character syndrome sort of thing and that's not what is great at a table yeah like, you gotta get the ensemble yeah and and like and like don't be wrong like the, the the book that I got it has an on it has an ensemble I have like other POVs mm-hmm. and stuff this but, actually like, made me think of another thing. Oh, go ahead. Uh, go, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, this is actually a, a, another big difference. So in a D&D game, right, you, you have your party, and basically each of you is the main character of yeah. your story, right? Um, and in a novel, all of the secondary characters are tailored to your main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, too, like, if you're... So if you're coming and you're taking your novel character and bringing them over to your D&D game, those characters aren't built to support your your character and it can be really a big struggle um the flip side of that is i have seen people want to take their character and their campaign and turn it into a novel and one Mm. of the first things you have to do is cull like the characters that are in this are there for their own purposes they won't fit into the novel um and so like i mentioned playing farida as a character for so so i would say if you're going to do that direction what i would do first is really sit down and go what what are my like like deal breakers? What do I have to have for this to feel like I did this? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was I need a tiefling, I need a warlock. I really like her name, and I'd like to keep it. I like that she's a twin. Um, and then the weirdest one was they were raised by dragonborn. Was the I deal that, that we came up with? I do too. I just like <laughs> dragonborn so much. Um, so I was like, okay, these are my deal breakers. But this is mm-hmm. the thing, like. They were originally, so the twins uh, in the game was Farida and Tamora. 
And Tamura was a rogue. Um, she was Havelarish in the sense that she was keeping a list of everything she had killed. She had some reason she was going to try to kill, like, one of everything, basically. Mm-hmm. Or, so, like, like there was a goal in mind, though. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I was like, this character has her own plan. And it's going to take, it's going to pull attention away from Farida. And so I need this to change. And what I really want is to really lean into that sibling-twin relationship. So she needs to tone it down and have smaller aims. Yeah. Um, so that when Farida starts to reach a little farther, it makes her panic because now the dynamic's shifting. So that was how I came up with the Havilar. And then, like, we had said, oh, they were sort of raised in this dragonborn village. And I was like, that's a little bit hard to explain. And it will end up being just backstory over there. So mm-hmm. instead, they have one parent, Mahen, their dragonborn father. And so then he stands in for all of Dragonborndom um, and is the sort of relationship point. And then even like the warlock, my Farida was a fey-packed warlock, mm-hmm. um, which you can tell because when I wrote Brimstone Angels, I forgot Misty Step wasn't an infernal pact power. <laughs> I realized it after I wrote the first draft and I was like, I like it too much. I don't want to. It doesn't <laughs> matter anyway. She uses it like a like a kind of cheaty dimension door she could take funny with her i literally took uh the fate touched feet on my uh celestial <laughs> warlock just so i could have misty step, misty step is the it's, best. So cool. it's so cool oh, it's so cool so useful the number uh, one of the biggest pieces of advice i've given people is if you want to surprise the hell out of your players give a random monster misty step <laughs> they will just shit themselves in shock <laughs> i'm sorry what yeah, yeah. Oh my Nothing God. was better than Misty stepping a T-Rex once. <laughs> the table lost their minds. I feel like if it's a T-Rex, though, that distance, like, visually shrinks, so it's just hopping. I, it's I, like I, doing I did, the I did extend it. I did extend it, because I'm like, <laughs> that would just be a little... I, and it's just a jump to the left. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, yeah the, but, like, if it's the tiefling book, mm-hmm. she really has to have an Inferno yeah. Pact. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that. So like if you if you have that urge to go that direction, like I think those are the things you really have to nail down. Yeah. Oh yeah, because the, the one of the things is like what you were saying how that's the ensemble thing and everything. Like if I had a if I had a player show up and they're like, oh, I have a tiefling warlock who was raised by dragonborn, I'd be like, I would like to explore this now because that's that's a big thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and. Like most of the time when you're I kind of feel like people do this semi subconsciously. Most people I know. I know plenty of people who don't where when they're building their characters at like session zero or something like that. I feel like they're you can see it when someone's like, oh, I have an idea that's like too focused on me. (laughs) <laughs> like and, and they try and they try not to do it. Like I've had those plenty of times. I'm like, oh, I have this really cool idea for this character, but like, I don't want to do it because that would be like the whole plot. <laughs> well, so, like, this is the kind of D D game that I genuinely love playing in, which is like if everybody kind of has that, and you just take turns and you learn how to play mm-hmm. support. Then you know when it's you know like one of the early arcs in Dungeon Scrollers was Artemisia's uh, horrible stepmother coming and trying to take her back to Aglarond. Um, and then she got kidnapped by night masks because we've been messing with those guys since the very beginning. Um, and so, you know, what happened was that we all kind of like looked at what our sort of backstories were and picked the angle at which most of us, it was parents, sometimes terrible parents are terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not your fault. Uh, pick the angle at which supporting her would make the most sense. Um, and in a couple of cases, you know, kind of checked in with Rianne and her player um, and said, like, would this would this kind of thing work? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that, that you can, if you all are taking turns and you all know how to support, then you have this lovely, like, and obviously this is if your game is like really heavy role playing. Cause if you're like, yeah, we roll combat and you're like, but I want to talk about feelings. Uh, (laughs) Roll for emotional damage. Uh, Dude, I no joke wanted to play the, the fantasy flight legends of the five rings because someone was like, yo, there's a whole system for emotions. I went, excuse me. There's what? Yes. yes. I would like to roll to love. <laughs> <laughs> the game the, the game I played the longest was like a homebrew game. Actually, my editor um, from 
Watsy, my first editor, Susan J. Morris, who's also my best friend. She's uh, awesome. I love Susan. Um, she ran it and it was a homebrew game. And that was when I, I feel like I feel like my favorite characters I've come in with like very little planned, to be honest. Um, like Cecilia, I was like, okay, she's uh, from Rashomon. She has a uh, wit. So the Rash- Rash- uh, Rashomon is ruled by these masked witches, the Wiklaren. Um, and she has she has a Wiklaren mask. Um, and she's going to tell everybody she's a witch. Um, but she's not. She's actually a warlock and she's faking. Because mm-hmm. the witches are all, wiz- all wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're from Rashomon, you would know because she's a half elf and all the witches are humans. Um, and then, uh, and that she has uh, this half sister, Artemisia, and that. Um, they don't know it, but their shared mother is actually a uh, Lothari, which is like a werewolf elf. Um, mm. And and the fae pact I gave her was with uh, the character from a novel uh, by Mark Sahestet, uh, Hiranawachi, the Heart of the Piercing, who's this just super cool, like, chthonic arch fae. I love her. Um, <laughs> so those are the things I put in there, and that was, like, it. Um, and I was like, I want a, I want a high-charisma character who's really lazy. That's my yeah. goal. Um, and then all the like kind of backstory stuff is is almost like rationalizing like okay well if this happened and she did this that's probably suggests she has had this kind of experience in the back um, and then you can kind of build stuff out and then so you have these opportunities where like someone's like a conversation starts up and you like make up a story that goes with it um, I had a thing where like the DM uh, revealed I had a wolf for a while uh Cecilia had a wolf and then suddenly it turned into this this elf guy who was her brother Whoa. so all the time the wolf was her brother twist um and then Sarshan who's the NPC that Cecilia's boyfriend now but at the time was like this guy who was like the archface sent him and he just won't leave and she's so annoyed but he kept being like no no we're a team and you're important and she's like I don't know what's your deal and then she found out he knew and she was furious because uh, I was like this is just bizarre that this guy is like no you're super important but I'm not going to actually tell you that I know you have a brother because oh yeah they knew each other um, I think they used to date and and so I, like like I'm sitting here going like well she's furious at him now and like why like what are the pieces that track back and how do these happen and then what happens if he apologizes and they have another dating or something yeah. but that well, sort well, of like being able to be loose with it yeah, is really yeah. handy because that's what I was going to say it's like okay so that worked really well with Cecilia and everything like that but imagine like if you've been playing Frida and someone's like this person was your brother the whole time you're like right? no it's not right? she doesn't have a brother that is a really good point like I think you have to have you have to have space to be flexible with the yeah. backstory in particular yes um or or be like I mean honestly I I am so in awe of people who are excellent at improving because I'm really not like I spend the week between Dungeons and episodes like imagining what could happen and how how Cecilia might respond and if there's anything really important like I'll write down like make sure you do you say x or whatever mm-hmm. um just because like I like that narrative continuity a lot yeah. um yeah. And, uh, I, sorry, I, I just lost my train of thought all of a sudden. <laughs> it's okay. No, again, this, this is what, it, this is what it's like it talking is. with us. This is it. <laughs> there it for the live experience. It is. Um, well, what, what I was going to say there, uh, is I actually kind of did that for the first time with my group, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of weeks ago, oh, uh, cause we, uh, one of, one of my players, my, my brother-in-law, he's playing a character who is a fighter who got a book that was, uh, that belonged to his uncle. And it turns out that that book is a fae pact. And mm. when he, his uncle died, the fae pact went to him. And I oh, love that plot yeah. and everything, but we're not supposed to know about anything about that. Okay. And so I, we, you know, he had a dream that had the, the fae woman in there and she was telling him this stuff. It's so like, he was trying to come to me cause he, he knows that like I, my character is a bookworm right. like teacher's pet. Um, and so he's like, okay, Hey, like, so, you know, like what, what's going on with this? Tell, tell me about this. And I'm like rattling it off and everything. And then I had, I suddenly had this idea and I went, Hey, Andros, how did you cast hex the other day? Mm-hmm. And he and bum, Nick's bum, face bum. was just like, "Oh shit, I did cast X the other day," <laughs> and so and he's just like, 
that didn't happen <laughs> but it was great because now and that actually now he's like telling me about his character's telling me about it and everything nice. and he's just like i never would have thought to do it like that i was like i love that shit that's that's like that's the best good. when two characters do it like that and, the thing i was gonna say is like i'm always in awe of people who can improv really well because if like if i were in a game like not being in this game and i was mm. playing frida and someone said and that wolf was your brother I could be like, I don't have a brother. So what lies is he telling? Yeah. Um, or yeah. I could be like, actually, Farida and Havilar's birth is this like really murky thing, <laughs> right? Like, oh my God, our parents that we never met had other children, one of them. <laughs> like, that's a wonderful second series yeah. twist, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But, but, but like, uh, th- there's also a thing where it's like, it's like Frida does not have a brother. It's right. like that. I think that I think that if you're going to do that, like like if you're going to take a novel character and port it to a D and D game, I think two things. One, you have to be able. Okay, actually, wind that back. I will say one other thing, which I think is okay. doing both at the same time. Like if that book's not done and that game's still going, I think that's a. I can't imagine doing that. Some people might be able to, but like. Um, so I said I was writing serialized fiction that's Cecilia's backstory. And mm-hmm. that, honestly, like, m- my ideas for what goes into that have adjusted as things have happened, where it's like, okay, this would be a good point to hit, or like, this element would be good to bring out. Um, and the DM has to approve all of it because he's, con- I, I, he's not convinced I'm going to wreck it, but I think he's worried about it sometimes. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's got, like, I know, like, there are yeah. also pieces, like, cause this is another thing is like, you know, uh, one of the things about Cecilia and Artemisia is they have this this mother who abandoned both of them, who it turns out is this werewolf elf, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we had so when we started this game, we played a game of fiasco, and so <gasps> oh god, I love fiasco. Sorry, I love it too. <laughs> it, and it's not bad as a session zero, like way to kind mm-hmm. of like forge yeah. some some bonds. Um, I will say I like it better without that because. You can't make big choices like, and then my character dies because you need a yeah. functional character by the end. Yeah. Um, even if you've like lost some things. Um, and, but I like playing Fiasco like when you can just. I was a, I was dead the entire time. One of the times I played, it was great. Um, <laughs> but but we we had gotten like like one of the cards was like your siblings, and so we picked that one. So Rihanna and oh, I decided okay. our characters were siblings. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so we uh, we kind of told Eric like. Okay, so uh, our mother is absent, and we don't know anything about her except uh, she's Lothari. And mm. so the character of Skaha the Spear Witch is entirely in the DM's hands and his creation. Yeah. Um, and that's, well, I think that's another thing is like you have to be able to make it collaboration. Yeah, so if it no, that's if what I was going to say. Yeah. You can breathe out, like that's hard. Um, and like then, if, it, if it's a character that you've been writing by yourself and like it has lived in just your head. I I do think that there is kind of that difficulty of like, okay, well, I'm going to let you play with this too. Yeah. It's like letting someone play with your favorite toy. Like like it really is. I I think that's the other thing is like, like, let's say it's, it's, it's a finished book um, and you want to play the character. Like, like if I want to play Farida in a game and it's not um, like in, in Idol Champions Presents, I don't expect B. Dave to have read Brimstone Angels or even the Brimstone Angels saga or anything like that because like, you know enough about Havilar from Idol Champions to run her in this because it's mm-hmm. a static Havilar. She's not growing and changing. Yeah. But if I were going to play a game that was, like, a growing and changing Farida, um, I would be like, I expect you to at least read a couple of these books. <laughs> like, you can't pull stuff out of your butt and be yeah. like, 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 oh, and your father is actually this prince of hell because her father is established, right? Yeah. Um, both of them. Um. So you like there are things that are like immovable pillars um, that would make my experience of playing Farida in a long running game um, less pleasant if you yeah. didn't if they just got ignored if you just wiped those characters out. Um, but on the other hand, this is a little different in the sense that like I got to write the whole series like her arcs are landed. If I picked up at the end of that. I, I would be a lot more flexible about things yeah. because I'm like, well, I got to do all the stuff I wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and like the, the sort of the flip of that is that like, I spent enough time with Cecilia that like when I started, I was like, whatever, I'm a war hawk. I'm lazy. I'm a <laughs> Um, and I have this cool patron. And, uh, at some point I'm going to realize I, I can turn into a wolf. Um, and the longer I've spent with her, the more I'm like, Oh crap, I could write a book about her. 
Um, mm. It would not be a book about the the group, the Westgate Irregulars, I think, because I think most of them are not core enough to her story to be worth keeping in a novel the way we were talking mm. about. Like these yeah. are all like, their individual stories. Yeah. Um, and what's fun about D&D is being able to bounce between those individual stories. Um, but at the same time, this game is ongoing and this mm-hmm. character is changing. And so by the time I would sit down to write that as a novel, I feel like it would be, there would be things that I would want to keep and things I would want to drop. And that trying to hold both those versions in my head would kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So well, what's funny is you're, you're making me realize something uh, about something I did a long time ago when I read my first fifth edition game and we, mm-hmm. we hit the end of it. Um, we were going to pick up with a second one uh, that had those same characters in it, but a lot of time had passed. And so I was like, Hey, what would you all think about if I wrote short stories explaining where your characters were during then and they're like oh yeah that'd be cool and i just realized i wrote every single one of those away from each other they went on did their own thing because i just realized like i would yeah i was like i never would have been able to write their character i was hard enough to write their character and just after everything that had been at the table let alone trying to put two of them together and butting heads that would have been impossible i feel (laughs) weird writing other people's characters oh yeah i know i I think it was only because i was still writing fan fiction at the time (laughs) (laughs) i've done occasionally like i've written written like this brief kind of scenes to like get myself my head wrapped around like emotional space and every time i do it i just avoid everybody else like they're just (laughs) standing there looking or something um like because it just feels odd like yeah. i don't know this character on the intrinsic level that i usually do in order to like write dialogue for them and so that's mm-hmm. another thing is like if you're going to unpack other characters or replace them like it's probably better if you're not also participating in a game with the yeah. real version of that character yep but then oh, again yeah, but- like if you separate it out far enough like meh like I, I have, I have so many D and D characters, but like I was thinking about, only one of them would work as a book character because I could take them literally anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> and away from everyone, and it wouldn't be a problem. I think, yeah, uh, I think the biggest thing is like being willing to like strip it down to the studs yeah, to figure out yeah. like what is critical and what like not just critical to the story, but critical to you. Like, what would make you bummed if you cut it? Like I said, Dragonborn yes. is not critical, but I made it critical because I hell liked yeah. It. <laughs> And one day it would lead to Havlar puking in front of some Dragonborn, uh, <laughs> which is still just my favorite thing. Um, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. This is this is an absolute blast talking with you so about fun. writing and stuff. And who's maybe at some point we could talk more about writing. Hmm. Maybe. Huh. Maybe. Weird. Uh, <laughs> if people wanted to find you on the interwebs, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron M. Evans. Um, you can find me uh, on Discord, <laughs> which is on DungeonScrawlers.com. Um, you can watch me on Twitch.tv slash DungeonScrawlers uh, at 6.30 Pacific every Wednesday. Or at 6 if you want to come hear me run my mouth about why Tarasks would absolutely not mate with each other unless you polymorph them into squirrels first. Um, and you can catch me on Mondays on Champions of Lore at 11 and then at 4 o'clock uh, on Idol Champions Presents. Uh, the yep. next one is A Fool's Errand. Yes. So we'll and if the, if just in case this is in the far-flung future, there is VOD on Cody Entertainment. That's true. Go watch it. You didn't get to vote. You missed out. What were you doing? Come on. Oh, <laughs> by, by the way, I did want to say this real quick. Mm-hmm. I related to you so hard when everyone was rhyming. <laughs> like... I'm sitting there like I would be exactly like Aaron right now. How the hell are these people doing this? I don't understand. This is this is real magic. (laughs) I was so impressed. Like they're so good at doing that on the fly. I I realized today, like I can do it if I'm singing a silly song to a child. Um, Because I was like changing my son's diaper and singing. And I was like, oh, I can rhyme and I can do it if I'm writing it down. But mm-hmm. like, if I have to do it in my head and then oh, make it come yeah, out my no. mouth immediately, it doesn't happen. I just, no. every time I thought of a rhyme, someone did it <laughs> right after. Oh no! It's like, no! Well, the thing was, is that like, like, cause you told me previously, you're just like, I really hope it's not the rhyming. I swear if it's the rhyming. <laughs> and so when I saw it was that, I like, I saw you said there, I'm just like, I'd be in the same boat. And, and I was like, well, maybe it'll just be Ariza and, and, uh, and Bayloth because they do that crap all the time on, mm-hmm. uh, on improvised games. And then Luke Gygax started up like, Luke, what the, He's really? So good. <laughs> He's so good. Everybody was so good.
when that when that, Vivka started to I was like, oh, what the hell? They man? were so into it. When that drow came over and was like, hey, oh. Havilar, I was like, uh-uh, I got nothing. Yeah. Guess what rhymes with thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh but yeah, be sure to catch Aaron in on all of those awesome shows as well as on her tour where she posts some really cool stuff. And the Discord. Get on the Discord. It's a lot of fun. I'm there. You can hang out with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. And I can't wait to do our Chapman's Lore with you tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support is by leaving a, a review on your podcast service of choice uh, and by telling your friends about the show because that's kind of the really, the, I, I can only shout this show into the void so many times on Twitter and that's going to reach so many people. Go tell your friends. <laughs> tell them about the show. Um, and uh, if you'd like to uh, send in a question, a topic, or anything like that, you can send that in to difficultyclass at gmail.com and you can follow us on Twitter at difficultyclass and you can follow an inactive Instagram account at at difficulty podcast <laughs> i think i think ali posted something out there like a month ago to, and like it popped up my phone like whoa who did that <laughs> uh but yeah uh until next week have a good game